Welcome to Leadership Conversations with Josh Reich and Casey Sees. We have the conversations leaders want to have so they can win at leadership. Now, on to our show. Thanks for joining us again for another episode of Leadership Conversations. This is Casey Sees, along with my co-host, Josh Reich. Josh, I'm excited about this episode today, man. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm excited about it. We are continuing our series in self-leadership, and so we've looked at self-awareness and other different practices that that help to keep leaders in the game. And so our goal here at Leadership Conversations is to have conversations that leaders want to have. And one of the questions that Casey and I get a lot from, from leaders and things that when you get a group of leaders around the table together, they talk through their schedule. What does your rhythm look like, whether that's yearly, uh, monthly, weekly, daily? They, they, they want to know, you know, when do you do this? How does this happen? If you're a pastor, you're always asking how other pastors write their sermons. And so we want to spend some time today just talking about rhythms, talking about how you uh, put your schedule together and how you do it in a way that helps you to last in leadership and to be as effective as possible. And so, Casey, today, do you want to start with daily? you want to start with yearly? How do you want to work this out? Yeah, I, I want to start with the just preface it this way. I, I once, I've heard this said in many different ways, but essentially, if you don't control your schedule, your schedule will control you. And one of the things that you and I have discussed off, offline is the fact that for ourselves um, in points of leadership and for many people we sit with, there's always this reactive nature, like their schedule is happening on to them. And part of self-leadership is beginning to take back your schedule and put that into place. Yep. Yep. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. So when you think about your calendar and the desire to uh, take control of it, you, uh, you run different businesses, you run, um, you're, you're leading a church, uh, you, you have your hands in a lot of uh, different areas. You have a family. And so what are uh, some of the practices just on a daily and weekly um, rhythm uh, that work that have worked for you? What are some things that you've put into place uh, to keep yourself on track in those areas? Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, when I look at my calendar now, I understand, you know, as a pastor and a businessman, um, an entrepreneur, I, I understand kind of the flow and rhythm now of of what I do, you know, in, in church leadership and also in business. And, and I try to make them as much as possible work together. And so I sit down, um, just, first of all, you take the big rocks and put them in. Right. And so for me, it's, I know that our anniversary is the beginning of January and we usually like to get away for a few days or just take some time alone. Um, and so I'll usually block the first week of the new year, um, for our anniversary. I'll then look at either birthdays or look at different things for family, right? Because we always say as leaders, especially those of us who are followers of Christ, that um, that we worship God. And then the next important covenant is our, our, our relationship with our wife and our relationship with our kids. But the reality is, is the way that most of us manage our schedule. Um, it's usually backwards. Like we're, 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 we're controlled by the tyranny of the urgent as opposed to really being in control of our schedule. And so I begin looking at, okay, seasons of the year, you know, each quarter, like what's going on typically then. The next thing I look at is, you know, trips I know I have to take either ministry related trips or business trips or conferences. And I start looking at and carving that out. I also then plan for, I, I typically enjoy speaking at one or two youth camps in the summer. Um, that's something I used to do full time. And so I, I still have relationships where I do that. And so I'll, I'll determine, you know, after I'm able to look at the whole year, what's going on, how many weeks I feel like I'm able to plan out. And so I first do my schedule and then I go to the church and we begin with our team planning the church's schedule. 
Um, and now hear me, I don't plan the church schedule just around mine, but I'm also clear on my availability and then adjust if I have to, but by and large, we're able to make it work to where that doesn't have to take place. Um, and, and then I move into, okay, what are some typical monthly rhythms that are important for me? Typically one day a month, I like to have a personal retreat, um, and go and just review the month, look at, you know, what worked, what hasn't been working, what I've been reading, who I've been learning from, how I've been organizing my time. I look at the schedule for the next month and I've created a list of questions that I've adapted from several different resources, um, to go through and do this monthly review. Um, once a quarter, um, I really try to take two to three day retreat if possible. Um, that's not always possible, but, but really those are usually working retreats, you know, you know, writing, thinking, praying, strategizing. And sometimes it only turns out to be like two days, like one night away, uh, but two days, but I try to carve out some time as a leader. One of the things that I hadn't planned for just until recently, Josh, is as our leadership responsibilities increase, we need more time to think. And I didn't realize that, man. I don't know if you yeah. realize that. What's it been no, like for I you? Have. Yeah. And I think it's important. So I would totally agree with the white space to think. I think that, um, I'm going to use the word think a lot in that statement. Um, but scheduling that time in, um, putting that time into your calendar. And I think your big rock idea for us as a family, we, uh, the end of December, we buy a big wall calendar for the year. You know, we write on it, everybody's birthday, anniversary, uh, when I'm traveling. Uh, but one of the things we've started to, to understand is just the rhythm of our year, especially with school age kids, um, you know, when, when the city that we live in uh, goes on vacation um, and, and beginning to understand that. Cause I, I meet a lot of leaders who by the time they get to, you know, April or uh, October, they're just exhausted. And, and it's because they didn't think through their year very well. Um, I'll talk to a lot of pastors who can't get a Sunday off from preaching because they haven't planned uh, pre their preaching calendar out for the year. They're, they're not able. Uh, and, and in those instances, they're, they're allowing their calendar to control that um, instead of the other way around. They're allowing other people to put things onto their calendar. And so, you know, some of the things that we've started to work through is how many weeks a year am I going to preach? Um, right. How yeah. many weeks a year we, you know, we have in everybody's job description at our church that you're supposed to take seven Sundays a year and not be at our church. Oh, wow. um, you're supposed to use those Sundays either to be on vacation, to go to another church and learn from them and bring back ideas. Um, but we've intentionally put in to say, you know, we expect you at our church 45 Sundays a year uh, working. And when you're here, like you're, you're working and you're, you're making it happen. Uh, but those are things that we've intentionally put into job descriptions based off of the values that we have as a church and just trying to have uh, longevity for our staff. But I, I think it's important too, as you mentioned, having quarterly retreats or time to think, um, you have to schedule that stuff in. That's as, just as important as preparing a business plan, a sermon, uh, just as important as a staff meeting. It, your time to think as a leader moves the ball forward in ways that, because you're thinking about things no one else is thinking about. You're right. seeing things no one else is seeing. You're, you're seeing the next hire, the, the next location. You're seeing um, the next cycle of business that no one else is seeing because no one else gets paid to see it. And so for you to have that time where you're able to pull back um, and change your perspective and think about things is incredibly important. And, and so you're, you started to talk through quarterly. So for you on a, on a weekly basis, running businesses, leading a church, uh, in your family, what are just some weekly 
um, and daily rhythms that, um, that have been really helpful for you? Yeah. So on, on a daily basis, my wife and I try to wake up at the same time every day during the week. And I know that sounds weird, but when you're essentially your own boss, you can get away with either staying up later and sleeping until 10 and all that kind of stuff. Um, which, Hey, great. If you're in that phase of life, you can do that and you don't have kids, whatever, more power to you. I don't care. However, what we find is like in this stage of life, we have to, you know, say if we're going to get a jump on our day, we need to be up between six thirty and seven. So the alarm goes off every day at six thirty during the week and we, we go there. I work six days a week and I take Saturdays off completely. Um, and that's just as a bivocational guy, the way I'm wired, the way it works is fine. Now hear me. I will like last Wednesday, I took a few hours to take my wife on a date. We hadn't been on a date. And so I, you know, I went home at 3 PM, took her on a date and then had elders meeting that night. So it was, you know, there was a pocket. And so I tried to be a pocket of time. Uh, a friend of mine used to be on staff at Bethlehem Baptist church when John Piper was a pastor there. And they had a really cool grid on how they chunk out times and they did days in the thirds, I believe. And yeah. every staff was, or every staff person was required to take three chunks in a row and then three other chunks throughout the week. Um, you know, off from doing work, if you will. Um, and so and they had I, broken it up, right? Wasn't it like eight yeah. to 12 and 12 to four and four right. or something like That's that? That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. So like, you know, like this upcoming Wednesday, I, I'm, I have meetings nonstop from one to eight o'clock. Um, right. So that's seven hours. So I probably won't get started with actual work, work for church until 10 30 or 11. Um, because, and that gives me a pocket of time to either rest or whatever. Now I've got it blocked in my schedule to study or whatever, but I could be, that could be think time for all the stuff I'm in. So the way I break it up is typically Sunday through Wednesday is predominantly church stuff. Um, and then I'll, you know, around lunchtime, I'll check in with, uh, Lucy books staff and answer questions that they have and, um, make myself available from four to five to, to deal with any main issues. And then Thursday is a flex day, both lucid and church as it needs to be. And then Friday is just solely lucid books. And so, um, you know, and so that's, that's essentially how I run my rhythm Sundays. I'll, I'll get up and I'll preach. We only have one service right now. And so, um, you know, I'll wake up early kind of pray and just get my mind and heart ready and, and study the last minute of my, of my sermon. Um, and then, go up to the church, sound check, all that kind of stuff, talk with folks, pray, preach, go to lunch. And then from about two to four, I'll work. And then at five thirty, we have our, um, or at five o'clock we have our community group. And so that's a full day for me on Sunday, but I found that works. And then what I'll do is take three to five days off. And then this last summer I took a month off, um, from preaching and everything else. And, and so, you know, I, I, I do well sprinting and then taking a, 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 a firm stop to rest and everything else, but still figuring it out, man. You know, I thought, you know, being in Florida last, you know, last summer for three weeks or so, uh, would be totally recharging and it was nice, but there was business stuff going on. I had to handle and, uh, and you know, I'd, I'd just been on a sabbatical two years prior to that. And I, I realized I didn't need that much focus time off, especially in Florida with children when it rains every day in June. Yeah, man. Right? You know, and it so, does. yeah, it, it was, does. uh, you know, so, the, you know, the, you know, I, I think you and I both don't want to come off like we have it all figured out, but we're, we're fighting towards that. And so, so weekly rhythm also, when it comes to sermon prep, uh, I had a seminary professor tell me that, um, you might as well get your sermon done early in the week because ministry always happens. And so if, you know, if you plan that way, so typically Monday mornings early are my, I'm starting to go over the passage I'm preaching on Sunday, Tuesdays all day are blocked for sermon prep. Um, and then, you know, Wednesday mornings, I usually wrap things up there and then make myself available in the afternoon. Also, I've learned I do better at creative work or deeper thinking in the morning and in more, um, 
more creative and more able to interact in, in a constructive way in meetings in the afternoon. So I try to structure that according to where I work. I know I've mentioned the Colby index before K O L B E, but the Colby index, like I said uh, before is a cognitive um, assessment, which teaches you how you work. Um, and, and so it's, it's very helpful just to realize how I work. Yeah. And, and that helps me form my rhythm as well. Have you figured out how many weeks in a row you, you can preach without getting tired of preaching or, or your church getting tired of you? Um, well, man, you know, I, I just, you know, I used to travel. So I feel like there's always a limit that pastors have. Like yeah. at some point you start to go, man, like I'm just, I, I need a break. I used, I used to preach 120 days a year on the road, sometimes multiple times a day. Okay. Um, and so like the, the act of speaking, the craft of communicating, I'm not a perfect communicator. Plenty of guys are way better, but that craft, at least in my style and, and the way God's wired me is pretty much whole. So I could go, if I, if I had to do that and that's all I was doing, I could do 12 weeks, not even worry about it. Okay. Um, that's not best for my church. I think it's best for me to go six weeks at a time or five weeks at a time and then take a week or two off. Yeah. A couple reasons for that. One, I need to be raising up other preachers. Um, number yeah. two, my people need to be hearing from other people. Um, and number three, it's good for me. You know, if my church is expecting me to bring my A game every week, I'm at my best when I get some time off after about six to eight sermons. Yeah. And I think it's good too for pastors to sit under somebody else's preaching I agree. In, your, in your local church. I think that that's a good heart practice for pastors. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, I, so my, my rhythm's a little bit different. You know, I, I don't run um, another business. I just lead the church that. Well, it's that not I'm a just lead of. the church. I mean, I get it. You, yeah. you, <laughs> you've got you've got a growing church, man. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm a freak in that way where my brain is happy. I, I'm a better pastor and I'm a better business leader because I have the other. I think that's awesome. I, I think that's awesome just having your hand in different things. And so the rhythm for me is uh, we homeschool our kids. And one of the reasons we homeschool our kids is because we learned a long time ago, what we said at the beginning of this, is that somebody controls the calendar of your life. Right. And we started to realize that for um, a lot of families with kids in school, the school is the one who runs the calendar for your life. Right. And, and so as we started to think through, okay, how do we best uh, parent our kids? How do we live out the values that we had? We had created a family mission statement. Um, when our kids were young. And, and so for us, taking control of our calendar in that way um, really led us down that road. And, and, and so for me, you know, I, I get up on Monday morning. I, I'm, I try to hit the ground running with my sermon on Monday. I really try to have my sermon done by Tuesday at lunchtime. And the reason that, that I do that is I'm always prepping ahead. Um, I'll spend Wednesday morning actually working on the sermon that's 10 days out. Oh, wow. And and just starting to think through doing uh, just some jotting down notes about it. Where do I want to go? Um, just because I like to have those things stewing in my mind and stewing on my heart by the time I get up to communicate. And so then I use a lot of the afternoons um, during the week and then all day Thursday just for meeting with people. Um, you know, having that that time blocked off like we talked about of having time to think. Um, and I actually schedule in a lot of times people ask me about reading. You mentioned reading, um, in a different episode, I schedule in reading time. Okay. Um, you know, because for me, um, I, I just think reading, thinking those are all part of your job as a leader. Um, you know, every, every leader's job description has something about vision casting and strategy and team building. Well, all that stuff comes out of thinking and reading and processing, and so I think those things are just as important to have in your schedule 
um, as staff meetings. Um, yeah. So that way you're keeping, um, so you're keeping those things, you know, and, and then just understanding too, how many nights a week you can be out as a leader. What right. is healthy for idea. you? What's yeah. healthy for, for your family? Um, you know, I, I have a really good friend who, um, he's an empty nester now. And so he's, he's out three or four nights a week, um, as a leader and it's not a big deal for his family because it's just him and his wife at home. Right. And, and so just to understand, um, my wife and I have started to talk a lot about, we're about to enter the teenage years with our kids and, and we've just started to learn. We just don't have the bandwidth, uh, for things outside of our family that we had five years ago, you That's know, right. even three years ago. And to just understand that and to just say, you know what, we're going to have to say no to some things. And I think what that does is it forces you as a leader to be more strategic and to think through that. This is a great question that, that my wife and I ask um, almost yearly at our church. And I, and I push on our staff to ask this, but where, um, where is our presence most needed right now? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, because especially if you're uh, I'll just speak from a church planner's perspective. When you start, you're doing everything. Your wife is doing everything. You're just, you're throwing everything you have at it. And you have to pull back at some point and say, okay, where, where can I strategically place myself? Where do I need to spend the majority of my time? Who are the people I need to spend the majority of my time with? Um, you know, as, as your church grows or business grows, it's other leaders. Right. Um, it's brand new people to your church. Right. Um, and so to have those conversations, because those begin to fill your big rocks. When you start to talk with your board or whoever about who do I need to spend the most time with, those are the rhythms then that you begin to create that I think lead to longevity and I think less frustration. Absolutely. No. And that's, you know, people, you know, a lot of times we're, we're idealistic as, as pastors, especially, and we're like, oh, we should meet with everyone equally and all that kind of stuff. Well, unfortunately, as your organization grows, you just can't do that. Yeah. Um, you have to equip other people to take meetings and to meet with other people. So, um, you know, I, I think that's great for you to think through that. And I love what you said about including your elders in it. I also do that with my staff at the business saying like, look, I can't talk to every author we're producing. We have, we have 40 books in production this year, so I can't be everyone's personal marketing coach, you know, um, for each of the books, if they haven't, if they haven't, uh, invested in that area uh, for them. And so we're creating other resources to do that. And I think that's, that's a point as we're talking about today, ordering our rhythms and everything else is always asking that question. What ways can I multiply my influence either by training other people, creating other resources, but maximizing that time so that you're able to scale along the way. And a lot of people miss that. Well, and I learned a long time ago. I mean, I feel that pressure of, you know, I, I, everyone wants to meet with me or I want to meet with everybody. Like, like that's a pressure that every pastor feels, but the reality is you're not actually the best person for everyone to meet with. Right. That's true. And, and that's, and that's honestly hard at the beginning, but incredibly freeing when you realize, you know what? I remember sitting in a meeting that someone had asked to have with me. We sat down and he looked at me and he said, I just wanted to talk with you about how to learn about how I could volunteer in the student ministry. And I thought, I'm not the one who leads that. Why didn't I ask? And so now I ask ahead of time yeah. um, or I'll have somebody else ask, Hey, you know, what, you know, if someone says, Hey, I'd like to meet with you. I'll just say, you know, I'd love to be able to meet with you. Can you just give me a quick, you know, rundown of what you want to talk about? So that way I can make sure that I'm the right person to meet with you because we want to serve you as best as we can. Yeah. And everyone great. goes, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like this is what I want to talk to you about. And then I'm able to say, you know what? I'm actually not the person you want to meet with. 
Right. Let me go introduce you to the person. Let me, I'll copy this person on an email. This is who you want to talk to to answer your question. Yep. And that person just wants to be heard. They just want to be cared for. It doesn't so they, matter. So they're not offended you. and they don't hate you and leave your church? No, no, they, they're not <laughs> offended. They just want to get cared for. Right. They want to be cared for. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we hope today was helpful. You know, as you think through um, just how to live in rhythm. Um, our goal is to help leaders lead better, to make it to the end of their leadership, um, enjoying their leadership and rhythms uh, throughout your day, throughout your week, uh, your month and your year are a big part of that. And so we hope that this conversation has been helpful to you. Um, we'd love to hear from you. If there's a question or a topic you'd love for us to talk about, um, you can check us out at leaderconvos.com and we'd love to be able to answer those. And so until next time, Casey. Josh, appreciate you. Listeners, grateful for you. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Leadership Conversations with Josh Wright and Casey Sees. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, head on over to iTunes or Google Play to subscribe to our podcast. Also, head on over to our website at www.leaderconvos.com. 